0: the metaverse is emerging as the next big technology platform attracting online game makers social networks and plenty of investment and sure there's lots of hype surrounding the metaverse but there's also lots of substance development and exciting trends on this podcast series into the metaverse brought to you by bloomberg intelligence we will break down the biggest developments and bring on the most interesting minds who are building investing in and experiencing the metaverse
1: All right. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Into the Metaverse podcast, hosted by Bloomberg Intelligence and their senior analyst, Matthew and myself, Jan, founder and CEO of Supersocial. This is the last episode of the year. Who would have known when we started 2021 that the metaverse is, is going to become this phenomena, this term that everyone talks about? Almost 120 references in Q4 earning calls mentions by publicly traded companies. Um, it's really phenomenal to see the journey we've been through with the metaverse and, um, you know, being inspired by so many thought leaders, anywhere from Matthew Ball uh, to many, many others that have started to be thought leaders in the space. You know, Matthew and I have been fortunate to have a, a great group of guests uh, with us in, in the first seven episodes that we're really proud of. And, and we hope as our audience, you've, you've gained uh, uh, a lot of insight, uh, wisdom, uh, thought provoking ideas and perspective on what is the metaverse today, where it's heading, what the metaverse is not. Um, and so we're very excited to kind of do this, uh, uh recap of 2021. Uh, podcast and the episode we had, and and give you a a, a tease at uh, what what you should look for in 2022 as we get back with more episode in uh, 2022. But Matthew, it's been a it's been a hell of a year. Really excited for this last episode.
0: It's been quite a year. I mean, I feel like at the start of the year, you know, you've been involved in this. I was, you know, s- you know, trying to understand and wrap my head around this concept of the metaverse and its investment implications. And I felt like I was yelling in an echo chamber for so long because I felt like no one cared. And then all of a sudden, very quickly, everyone cared for reasons that we'll get into. But, you know, it, it's, it's been quite the the trip and quite the, the shift in, in, you know, expectations and sentiment and understanding and misunderstanding of what the metaverse is. So definitely a good time to look back and a good time to look forwards.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, you know, it's been, it's been phenomenal to kick off the podcast and bring these guests and really starting to unpack what a metaverse means for investors, uh, private investors, public investors, uh, what it means for brands, for companies, for entrepreneurs, for creators. What does it mean for the future of humanity, for human behavior? What does it mean for different Demographics, kids, grownups, elderly. Uh, there's just so many things as we think about the metaverse, uh, uh, evolving in becoming the, the extension of what the internet has been for many of us around the world in, in the past 25, 30 years. So Matthew, bringing, bringing back our first question that we, we seek to answer every episode, you know, as we started from the first episode, how is, how is your definition or our definition of the metaverse changed uh, or evolved during 2021? And and based on the conversations we've had, how has that shaped your definition of of the metaverse? I think for me,
0: it's just the nuance and being able to more coherently define this such broad concept. You know, in the beginning, I had trouble, you know, I was using what it is and, and kind of talking about the metaverse qualitatively, but you know, having talked with Mark Petit from Epic Games and and a few others uh, like Craig from Roblox. And even, you know, when we spoke with Eust and just having fun, right, you know, defining the metaverse, it's the internet enabled by real-time 3D. And on the last earnings call, you heard Unity CEO John Ricciatello talk about, you know, today only 2% of the internet's enabled by real-time 3D software. In 10 years, he thinks that'll be 50%. And that is the metaverse. And I think that's the most coherent definition of the metaverse that I've heard. And that's kind of where I've stuck to in the last several months and and even over the course of the year. And, you know, I I think, and it's a point that you've made over and over, you know, alongside what is the metaverse is what is not. And I think particularly with one company tying the concept of the metaverse to VR headsets and to virtual reality and to goggles, it's especially important that it's not any individual device, especially a VR headset. The metaverse is the internet. It's an insanely broad definition, but, you know, the, it's device agnostic, it's access agnostic. And I think that's an, a very important point for, you know, refining the definition as
1: well. 100%. I totally echo what you're saying. And and I, you know, from from my vantage point, you know, I, I, I jumped into the metaverse, uh, no pun intended, um, about... A year and a half ago, you know, when we started SuperSocial in, in around May 2020, um, I remember being fascinated by the piece that Matthew Ball wrote about, you know, what is the metaverse and who's going to build it, which to a, lot, to a large extent laid out a lot of the foundations of, of some of my earlier thinking about the metaverse and, and really realizing that we're talking about the new frontier. But I think what was abundantly clear to me already at that point of time, a year and a half ago, was that the metaverse is going to reimagine our life in virtual spaces. It's been incredibly profound to see how human behavior has been impacted by the internet. It's been incredibly rewarding for a lot of companies and creators to be able to build applications on top of technology that now billions of people interact around the world. And I think what got me excited as we entered COVID around March, April last year of course, I was not excited about a pandemic, but what got me excited and what triggered my brain to move in that direction was the understanding that at that point of time, majority, half, maybe more of humanity's population has been glued to screens and been and been, and been been anchored inside their homes. That includes billions of young people around the world who were out of school. And I think at that point of time, it became abundantly clear to me that whatever the metaverse is, it's going to be an extension of reality because we're going to be spending our life more and more in virtual spaces on phones, on PCs. I think very soon there are going to be displays everywhere. There's going to be displays in autonomous vehicles. There are going to be displays in, in planes. There are going to be displays everywhere we go. And so we are going to manifest our existence and our life more and more into these immersive virtual spaces. And I think to add to what you said and what we talked about at length in the podcast this year about the metaverse being the evolution of the Internet and essentially the next frontier of human experiences over the Internet, what it means to me is a paradigm shift in human behavior. And specifically, what I think is really important is the fact that we are going to manifest our existence, our being, our personalities, our characters, our aspirations, our desires. We're going to manifest these into these little avatars that run around these virtual worlds. And the beauty is that we're not even gonna have one identity one human beings in real life can have multiple identities in the metaverse and that opens up so many possibilities you can be avatar with one personality at night you can be avatar with a second personality in the morning you can probably have multiple jobs in the metaverse i think the whole notion of a job and what do you do for living is gonna is gonna be is gonna be changing because i'm gonna ask you matthew when you ask me what am i doing for my living what living is that is that living in the real life or you're talking about me living on the roblox metaverse or or me on, 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 uh, with my interoperable identity that is running between multiple virtual spaces on blockchain. All of these things are going to change and morph into this new completely world. And lastly, what that means, it's going to open up a whole new ecosystem of services and every industry around the world, every industry around the world is not only gonna be impacted by the emergence of the metaverse, but is going to have to rethink what does the existence of the metaverse means for us? And I think it's anywhere from, of course, consumer products to entertainment, to media, to healthcare, to financial services, What does it mean to provide financial services to an avatar? What does it mean to have customer relationship management with an avatar? Someone who doesn't even look real, has a pseudonym, and doesn't have an email address. He has a wallet, right? So all of these things are going to morph and change. And I think it's fascinating that it's unknown. And what's beautiful, and this is why I think there's so many definitions at the moment for the metaverse, Everyone around the world is starting to create their own interpretation of what the metaverse means. I'm a big fan of the saying the best way to predict the future is to invent it. And that's what I'm trying to focus on with, with my efforts and, and, and super social is to invent and create the future that we believe on. We believe in. And what's amazing is there is all of these incredible companies that I know we're going to touch upon today that are building the underlying technology, the fundamental infrastructure. It's just mind-blowing to think what can be built over the coming years and and i'm i'm so grateful that we had the opportunity to start tapping into some of these things you know with 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 the podcast
0: absolutely it it's it's been quite a year and you know as we look back you know i think i think the answer might be obvious and you know maybe you maybe you'll come up with something different but i feel like i'm teeing you up since i'm giving it to you first uh you know, in terms of looking back at 2021, for you, what was the defining moment for the metaverse and and and
1: and why? That's a great question. You know, I think there there I would say there are two um there are two defining moments, I believe, for the metaverse this year. There is the more populistic defining moment, which I would refer to as the introduction of Facebook with their new brand name as Meta. And the reason why I believe that was a defining moment is because I think it really took the conversation to a new stratosphere. It took it from a place of technologists and and some uh, uh, media outlets that are covering it and entrepreneurs and creators, and it took it to completely new public conversation and discourse uh, where if you have a trillion dollar almost company that changed its name to Meta, I think that really contributed, especially at a both public company level, I think way more public companies started to pay attention and also public with with regard to just people, regular people who are everyday consumers of the internet really started to ask themselves, wait, what is this metaverse thing? What is going on there? I think the downside of that was that suddenly the metaverse Created a perception that it's about Facebook, that it's about meta, and also that the metaverse is something you access through goggles or, or, or headset through VR. And, and as you and I kind of clearly been saying and, and continuing to argue, the metaverse is not a device as it's not something you access through a certain device. The metaverse is completely device agnostic. So I think that's kind of one defining, uh, moment. And I think the, the other, um, really interesting defining moment in my opinion is the, the, the IPO of Roblox, I think Roblox going public was really the, the, the genuine defining moment of the metaverse because, and I'm not saying it just because I'm very bullish about Roblox as a platform, and I'm not saying it because I'm building a whole company that is focused on Roblox at this stage. I'm saying it because when uh, the metaverse just started in terms of a concept a year and a half ago with first thought leaders, Roblox was a publicly a private company with $4 billion valuation. Fast forward to March 2021, when Roblox did their IPO, their their direct listing, Roblox now is trading at about 60 to 70 billion market cap. And what Roblox did, they essentially introduced the concept of a consistent metaverse platform, a really unified environment where you can build, launch, and monetize massive large-scale 3D game worlds that are also accessible to a new generation. And, and, And most fundamentally, Roblox is also sort of in a way, not only a consistent metaverse platform, it's also the internet homepage for a new generation of users of the internet. These young peoples around the world, I think at one point of time, 80% of the North American population below 13 has been on the Roblox platform. And so again, to summarize, I think one defining moment, March, April this year, Roblox direct listing, becoming a publicly traded company, and everyone really starting to pay attention to the metaverse. And then Facebook changing its name to Meta a couple of months ago really created a much wider discourse, especially with public companies and with the wider global population.
0: You Obviously, you hit the obvious one, which I was going for, which was Facebook. And you even took my second answer, which I was going to come back with, which is Roblox listing. So I do have a three and a four, but they're probably not as good you know, since you took my top two. I think you know, for me, the, the two that I'll look at then, Roblox's most recent earnings report, and then also like the November stats they just put out. And I think what's most encouraging from those numbers, and we'll dive into Roblox in a second more deeply, but the engagement, everyone and myself included, I thought this would all fall off, not fall off a cliff, but it would definitely normalize to some degree out of 2020 into 2021. You know, the economic reopening in the West was pushing ahead. Um, there was light at the end of the tunnel to a lot of the, the the pandemic in many markets, obviously that's a little bit in flux right now, but you know, there was, there was a lot of signs saying people are going to go back to the normal way of life. So Roblox is going to be a net negative as people go back to that. And what's been most encouraging is that actually the, the average time spent per daily active user has actually kept going up even, even with this reopening with people quote unquote going back to normal. So that's the most encouraging sign that I've seen that the metaverse is becoming entrenched, in, in the new normal. And it wasn't just a passing fad as a function of not being able to socialize physically. And, you know, I, I looked at the numbers for November and, and October and in the last quarter. And, you know, basically the, on average, a daily active user on Roblox spends three entire days per month on the platform, 72 hours a month. Um, that's amazing. When you just think about how many hours in a month there are, how much other things there are in the world. And, and so, when you start to think about the amount of engagement that this platform has how it's sustained and growing even with all of these you know negative pressures that you can talk about that's one of the most encouraging signs that i've seen that this is a real thing that there's real demand for this virtual socialization that that and that this isn't going to have legs beyond just a physical need for it during a very terrible pandemic so that that was part a for me and then the other thing i'll just mention you know, taking it back to the financial markets. And we obviously had Mario on our last episode and he was fantastic. But the listing of of an ETF in the United States with the ticker Meta, I mean, obviously they got a big benefit when Facebook changed its name. But I think that's a big watershed moment because, you know, when you see thematic ETFs come out like this, you know, that can really help to shift narrative and really attract attention. And I think that was also a big moment for the metaverse as well. You know, giving investors something to lynch, you know, linchpin on and really kind of um, you know, you know, kind of look at it as a benchmark for for the metaverse going forward. So I thought that was also a really important moment.
1: hundred percent. And you know, an anecdote to support what you just said, Matthew. I remember talking to a friend of mine uh, earlier DC around January, February, um, and she's based in the Northeast. And she told me finally she took the kids, and they, she has three kids, and they they went outside to the playground, and there was, it's, it was very snowy. You can imagine, you know, Northeast in in January, February, and. After being outside, you would imagine with COVID, oh my God, it's so fun as a family to be outside. And and she told me that after ten or fifteen minutes of being in the playground, one of her kids, I think he was, he's seven or six or seven, told her, you know, mommy, can we go back home? I want to I want to be on Roblox. And this is when it hit me that all the conversation around oh, once people go back to school, once kids go back to school, everything will go back to normal. You're going to see a massive drop of usage. And that quote, that sort of story from my friend really articulated to me that it's not going to happen because what happened with COVID and with the acceleration of the metaverse emerging is that there is a whole generation now of young people, millions millions of millions of millions of people around the world who this is the new reality for them. And it's never going back. They have the paradigm shift has already happened. Now it's how do we create a better world for young people that can manifest to the best ability, the real world, and how do we merge the two together? I think the metaverse will only be as successful as it as we connect it to the real life and making sure that we don't lose our human touch, human connection, human identity. it's not only critical for human survival, but it will amplify ultimately what the metaverse you know could be. and 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 lastly, on that, as someone that is based in Columbus, Ohio, where apparently in 2049, you know, uh, Ready Player One is happening, I don't envision the future of the world as a as a dystopian. I envision the future of the world as a utopia, and 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 I don't believe that the metaverse should be a place that is uh, uh, about escapism. I, I really take um, I really take a lot of signals from companies. Like Niantic, who are building sort of this real life metaverse with AR and connectivity to the real world. I think all of these things need to be built together. And we need to make sure that we don't alienate ourselves from the real life, because the real life is a big part of humanity and it will continue to be a big part of humanity.
0: It's also in Columbus, Ohio, also the place where it's been about 750 days since Ohio State beat Michigan now.
1: <laughs> Sorry, I had to had
0: think to that. I know in. you had to add <laughs> it. I know you had to add it. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think one of the other things that people are trying to wrap their heads around is just, you know, because the definition of the metaverse can get so broad, right? It's the internet, which is literally everything. You know, how big is this in terms of dollars and what, what's really at stake here? You know, we've put out our market size forecast, which, you know, puts an $800 billion number on it. Tim Sweeney says this could be trillions. Uh, Matt Paul said the metaverse economy could be I, be I believe it was 15 to 30 trillion dollars by 20 you know by in a decade. These numbers are huge. <laughs> and, and, and and I think that that just you know underscores the scope of what's going on, right? This is and it goes back to the definition, right? This is not just a VR experience because you don't get anywhere close to those numbers with VR experiences, wh- whether you're looking today, 10 years from now, whatever. You know, the, the the vision for this, the the way that these numbers come into scope is, is by you know, it, it it's it's taking this this concept and applying it to all the different businesses that you talked about. You know, whether it's the CRM software for the avatars, whether whether it's you know people just building experiences, bringing the creator economy, like we talked with used about, and into the metaverse, right? All of these things together collectively are what create this value, create this economy, and 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 that's why it gets so exciting because You know, it it does tie back to the definition, but, you know, these numbers do get huge because of, because of just how broad based this trend, this movement is going to be.
1: A hundred percent. And I think given the possibilities to reimagine so many industries, Matthew, around the world, um, as we said earlier, every industry is going to be reimagining what it means in a future where the metaverse exists and when you think about it in that respect i think today when people talk about i think when 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 bloomberg and the research you've done is talking about 800 billion i think it's it's still in the realm in my opinion of that sort of entertainment uh, adjacent services gaming and so on and so forth i think when we talk about the metaverse as really the evolution of the internet it's really like going back 25 years ago and asking and hearing people saying that the internet is gonna be a fad, no one is gonna really go and check it out. I think there's definitely still a lot of skepticism in, around the world that is that is natural. There's obviously a lot of skepticism around what the metaverse, oh, you're talking about the internet, so okay, so there's gonna be some 3D stuff. How is that gonna to matter too much? I very much subscribe to a worldview that the metaverse could introduce trillion of trillions of dollars of, of, of opportunity because it will impact essentially almost every economic activity that is happening around the world.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you look at the internet, every industry got upended and revolutionized by the internet. Every industry got upended and revolutionized by mobile and cloud. They all, the same thing with social and the metaverse is the next tech platform that's going to revolutionize industries and how companies interact with consumers across the board. And that that's 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 just, you know, why it's so exciting because it's going to be everywhere. So diving into, you know, I I know in the first episode we did, we kind of did a primer on the metaverse. And again, if you know, if you're new to our podcast, you can, you know, all of our podcasts are available on Apple and Spotify and on the Bloomberg terminal. But, you know, you can go back and listen to kind of the overview we gave of some of the key players. I thought it'd just be a good opportunity to come back and take a look at kind of, you know, who did the most to advance the metaverse in 2021 to drive the development, to drive us towards this vision? Obviously, there's a few key leaders, some of whom we've had on the podcast in, in recent weeks. But, you know, um, any anyone in particular come to mind that you want to call out?
1: Yes, I think there has been a lot happening in the world of startups and corporations. Um, definitely important to highlight some of the companies, in my opinion, that are building really the underlying technology of the metaverse and, and ideally the open metaverse where there is interoperability and connectivity among all these platforms. The companies I think that are worth calling out um, in terms of underlying platforms, in my mind is, you know, of course, Roblox uh, with, with, with the consistent metaverse platform that they've built for a new generation of, of creators, a new generation of consumers. Uh, and you can see the, the rush of a lot of brands and companies and, and developers coming into the Roblox platform. I think Epic Games with their collection of properties, if it's Fortnite, that in and of itself could become a metaverse and a platform. And of course, the Unreal Engine that is uh, you know, arguably the most uh, advanced game engine out there and uh, one should only look at what they've recently accomplished with the Matrix uh, experience that they've created, which is really, really inspiring and mind boggling. And this is where we're heading, right? These type of virtual environments will be available in the metaverse for us to roam around as as, as people, as avatars. Unity has been making steps toward the metaverse, of course, being such a profound game engine um, with, its, with its success with mobile developers Of course, Facebook and and their transition to Meta and what they're doing with Facebook Reality Labs. Microsoft and NVIDIA are both, I think, at the enterprise level, are going to be really important players in the metaverse. Microsoft also has Xbox, which is interesting to see how slowly over the years they're going to connect that to a metaverse conversation. NVIDIA, although is very on the enterprise level, I believe they have a distribution platform of games in the cloud called GoForce. I would not be surprised if in the next couple of years we're going to hear that Nvidia has some sort of a consumer metaverse that they're going to introduce. So you know, watch out for that. And then I think on the brand side, I definitely want to call out specifically you know Nike because they've not only launched a brand world on Roblox um, that shows that they're thinking and they're active. And I think there's definitely other brands that are worth mentioning. Um, and then in in parallel, they've also acquired an NFT creator studio called Artifact. Um, and and I think I believe that you put your money where your mouth is, and I think it's inspiring to see a consumer brand like Nike making those type of investment, both on a platform like Roblox and acquiring a company. And I think uh, uh, this is going to lead to a lot of follow-on activities by other consumer brands, and and I can tell you we're seeing it ourselves as as super social.
0: I absolutely agree. You know, a a couple of points that I'll make. You mentioned NVIDIA, and this is an interesting one because I think... People still think of NVIDIA as a GPU company, and that's totally fair because that's the bulk of their business. But when it comes to the metaverse, NVIDIA is not relevant just because they make GPUs and just because, you know, they help you see the metaverse. But, you know, if you look at the software stack that they're building, you look at the potential, as you mentioned, for them to build their own consumer metaverse platform, you know, there's a lot more under the hood than just GPUs there. And that's what's really exciting about NVIDIA when it comes to the metaverse you know, I, I also want to, you know, give a little bit of a local flair here in Hong Kong and in, in the greater China region. You have to look at Tencent. You know, nothing really happens in the, let's call it broadly interactive entertainment space without Tencent having its tentacles within it. You know, they're the largest investor in Epic Games, who's obviously, uh, you know, driving a lot of the investment here. They're an investor in Roblox. They they also have their own initiatives internally in their own internal game studios and other metaverse studios. They're, they're clearly going to put together something quite interesting. You know, we've talked at length about the opportunity with virtual concerts. Tencent Music is a listed affiliate. It's a subsidiary of Tencent. They're already, you know, them and their rival NetEase Cloud Village are already pushing ahead with virtual concerts. Uh, actually much more rapidly than Western companies are already. You know, that's already kind of bringing these metaverse-like experiences to consumers today. So there's a lot of cool things happening in Asia and China. If we look at Korea, you know, Naver just spun out. Um, you know, it's, it's one of its metaverse apps. They have a couple of them that are competing with each other right now. Um, but this one just raised a lot of money from, from outside investors to spin out separately. Um, SK Telecom, their investment group you know, basically just said that every investment they're going to make has to be a metaverse company now going forward. So there's tons of, tons of action in the Asian side as well. That's really exciting. And, 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 and so, you know, you know, it's, it, you know, a lot of, a lot of focus obviously went to Facebook and meta, and then we went to the 10 cent uh, analyst call, the earnings call right after that name change. And, you know, I, I, th- I think the analysts on the call need to come back and listen to our podcast because they didn't understand what the Metaverse is or or what this is. You know they just think it's a game platform. It's a VR headset. And, and and that that loses a lot of the nuance and understanding that 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 I think we've brought to the table. And And so, you know, when you think about how prolific Tencent has been in you know anticipating the changes in consumer online entertainment, interactive entertainment, and being at the forefront of it for the last couple of decades, you know they're going to be a force to be reckoned with as this as the metaverse evolves. And then, you know, I, I think one of the other big things that that we've talked a lot about, and you know, crypto bros, this this is your time to dial in and really pay attention. But uh, you know, we've talked a lot about the convergence of trends such as blockchain and NFTs in the metaverse this is something that I get a lot of questions about. This is something that I get a lot of bad questions about. Um, And, and, and and it's really important to kind of dissect, but, you know, Yoan, I'll put it to you first and then I'm happy to follow on. How does, how does blockchain and NFTs and, and and these emerging technologies that people like to call web3 they like to call decentralized how does that fit into your definition of the metaverse and how and, and 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 how has your view of these technologies within the metaverse changed during 2021 during our podcast
1: yeah i think that look let's start with blockchain in in my mind blockchain is really the sort of the financialization of pieces of the internet what it really does, it gives a stake of ownership on a digital asset. And that could be inside a game, that could be a piece of artwork, that could be a music piece. Really, I think ultimately anything on the internet is now can now be financialized. And I think that's exciting. That gives a sense of ownership, that gives a stake of wealth that is based on a digital asset. That is really, really profound. Having said that, in my mind, that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be about a metaverse. I think that is more profoundly about the web. That is more profoundly about the internet as an infrastructure. Until today, you know, echoing what people like Chris Dixon and others are saying, the first generation of the web was about reading. The second generation of the web was about re- uh, reading and writing, producing content that ultimately became the ownership of the centralized platforms like uh, if it's, uh, you know, a platform like Facebook or, or or Instagram or TikTok and YouTube and so on and so forth. And I think we're moving to this kind of third generation of the web, which is dubbed Web3, that really gives everyday users, everyday creators the ability to own pieces of the Internet and to own the content that they create. This, in my mind, will have profound implications about economy and about the ability of people to create new type of careers, jobs, and wealth creation prospects for themselves. I do believe that that sort of financialization of of digital assets um, is going to be Connected directly to the metaverse because I believe they're going to be metaverse opportunities, metaverse environments where you can not only be part of these immersive 3D multiplayer worlds and environments, if it's games or, or concerts and so on and so forth that are immersive, where you can live with your avatar or multiple identities, definitely that's going to be connected to that. But I think Web3 and financialization of digital assets and crypto goes beyond that. And I think there's going to be elements that are directly correlated with the metaverse and there's going to be elements that are not. But I do not think in my mind that Web3 or the third generation of the Internet uh, of the Web is the metaverse. I think those are two distinct concepts at the moment in my mind that can that really correlate and can live together. But each of them has their own profound implications, opportunities and the paradigm shift that they're going to have on human behavior.
0: I totally agree. And and one other thing that I'll add, it's it's come up in a lot of the conversations I have with investors. You know, as soon as they think blockchain NFT, they think interoperability and bring being able to bring elements of your avatar to different experiences. And for a lot of people, whether it's because they don't understand or because they've been zeitgeisted into it, they think that interoperability is only achievable with blockchain and NFTs. And you know i think it's important to make the point that that's not the case right that's a technology decision to enable a business decision the business decision first is interoperability we talked about this with craig when we had our roblox episode right you know if 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 they were at a point today where they wanted to enable interoperability they could and they could do that without blockchain and nfts and then the technology decision you make to enable that could be blockchain and nfts but it doesn't have to be and a lot of investors come to me and ask which platform which nft which blockchain and it's like you know, and and I also go back to what Yust was telling us again about it has to be fun, right? You're asking the wrong question first. You know, the first question is, is is interoperability a good business decision for these platforms? And is it going to make it more fun? And then if that's the case, then you have to ask, what's the right technology for that? And then if the answer is blockchain, then you can ask those questions. So you're kind of too or three questions removed from, from where you actually want to be. You've already made a few pre-assumptions that may not be valid. And, and that's something that I've had a lot of conversations with investors about. And, you know, I, I try to talk them back off that cliff and understand exactly what's going on. Because to your point, I think there's a lot of people that are kind of bringing these terms, these ideas, the metaverse, the quote unquote Web3 blockchain NFTs together and, and synonymizing them together and tying them together as if they all come together no matter what. And I don't, that's not necessarily the case.
1: Exactly. And, you know, I think another piece is, I love what you said around in terms of when you when you want to build something on blockchain or you want to create this sort of interoperable experience, ultimately, especially with an interactive experience or a game, it needs to be fun. It needs to be engaging. There needs to be a reason for people to come back. And it has to be more than just, quote unquote, the money, even though money is important, but it has to be more than that. And so I think there's definitely going to be cases where it's more about the money and there's going to be cases where it's more about engagement and fun. And there are going to be people who care more about money and there are going to be people who care more about the fun. I think that's totally okay, as long as you really understand why you're building what you're building and why would people care about it. And one of the things that I think are also profound that we at Super Social, we ask ourselves all the time is sure, NFTs, crypto, blockchain provides enormous opportunities, especially when you think about user or player-owned economies. One of the things that we're really asking ourselves a lot is what it is that we're going to build that takes advantage of the uniqueness of what blockchain provides. That is a question that I think not enough people are asking themselves. I expect this to become a more important question as... The this technical environment and the possibilities mature, and ultimately, once the first wave of application comes to life, I think it's going. There's going to be a, a kind of a, a realization that there's some critical questions that needs to be asked. What is going to be an experience that people find meaningful, that people find unique and important in their lives, and how do you take advantage of the unique capabilities that blockchain provides? Um, and 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 to your point, we cannot be deterministic about it. Blockchain is a thing. It doesn't mean everything needs to become a blockchain, but I think we're definitely on the right path and on a journey that is a many years journey, in my opinion, where we're going to slowly, slowly discover really what are the type of application and and value propositions that not only deliver value to people in their lives, but also take unique advantage of of the infrastructure.
0: Totally agree. And, you know, as, as we start to wind down on the episode, you know, I want. I want to turn from looking back to looking ahead. And as we look ahead into 2022, it's clear that the hype cycle is boiling over right now. It's clear that everyone and their mother is trying to be a, a metaverse company. Heck, even Baidu is now has a metaverse platform. And that's a if you don't know Baidu because you're not in China, they are the search platform of China, and they have autonomous vehicles. And now they have a metaverse platform. Uh, but you know, as we look ahead, you know, what's your one big prediction for the metaverse in 2022 or a or a couple big predictions if there's not one big one outstanding
1: <laughs> well you know i think the got to be careful with predictions uh, i like making kind of decade long predictions but if i if you push me against the wall and you 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 want to you want to talk about 2022 i think the 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 biggest prediction is that the the amount of capital invested in metaverse-related companies and ventures, I think is going to be at least 10x what it's been today. I wouldn't be surprised if we're talking about multi-billion dollars of investments. And this is just startups and private companies. I also believe, and maybe that's kind of prediction number two, that the metaverse is going to be something that almost almost every Fortune 500 company CEO, especially at the consumer landscape, uh, but also enterprise software and, and potentially other industries, every, almost every Fortune 500 CEO uh, is going to have um, to talk about a conversation and have a conversation about strategy and what does the metaverse mean for us. I think we, we're looking at 119 references by public company CEOs. Uh, in earning calls that outline the metaverse, I think th- that's that's probably going to grow by anywhere from 10 to 20x next year. So these are the couple of things that I believe are going to happen.
0: Absolutely, I you know just to your point, Facebook alone is going to spend 10 billion dollars on you know broadly the horizon and all of the associated technologies, and you know some of that's going to go to VR and Oculus, which may not directly be metaverse, but you know there's lots of money pouring in. We heard Microsoft outline their plans. So this kind of ties into my key prediction. You know, there's companies that we haven't heard from around their metaverse plans. And I think the two that stand out the most to me are Apple and Google. I think that in 2022, we're going to get concrete plans from Apple and Google around their metaverse strategies. You know, I think for Apple, they're under the gun in lots of different avenues of their business, especially the app store distribution. And, you know, I've talked at length about this with, on other podcasts and on, and everywhere, you know, I recently did a podcast with Joe Kim on game makers. You can go check that out. It's a, it's a fantastic conversation, but we talked about app store distribution. And one of the things I like, you know, I've, I've looked back on and and kind of put together in my head is that, you know, Epic games is fighting Apple over distribution now because the metaverse is coming and they want to get control over distribution ahead of the metaverse. And so it's increased, it's, it's just as important for Apple because, how does Apple remain relevant in the metaverse as a distribution platform or can they or what's their strategy does it tie around AR goggles and with you know with with rumors of a device coming out there has to be applications that take advantage of that and it's clear that there's going to be some sort of a metaverse play around that and so I think Apple is going to you know lay the foundations of an Apple metaverse strategy which I think will be quite interesting and I also think for Google, you, you know, there's been some reports recently that they've restructured things internally to kind of put assets together into kind of a metaverse team. It's basically what we saw happen at Facebook before they started talking about metaverse and then rebranded the company. So, I think something similar is going to happen over there and they're going to have, you know, a a more streamlined coherent strategy like we've heard from Facebook Meta, like we've heard from Microsoft. So, from the public company angle, I, I that's that's something that I'm watching. And then the other thing I'm I'm just watching out for is you know, you mentioned that the number of mentions of metaverse will surge extreme amounts, but I think at some point we'll start to see the trough of disillusionment, as Gartner calls it, come into play. As I mentioned, the hype cycle was blowing its top off. Everyone is getting in the pool. You know, it, 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 every everyone's rushing in to to get to to claim this to to ride the wave right now, and it's it, it's it's all over the place. Everyone's talking about metaverse because of Facebook, but I think in a year people are going to look back and be like. Not much has changed. Why was there so much hype over this? And it's going to go back into kind of the development and focus on the, the, the key underlying technology development, which, you know, as, as Craig told us, right, we're in the first inning. We're not anywhere close to being done building this stuff. And so, you know, I, I think that's one of the most important things that people need to understand is that the hype cycle will inevitably die down. There's a lot of interesting things going on. There's still a long way to go to realize the true vision of the metaverse and where we're going. And so we have to look through that trough of disillusionment that will hit whether it's, I think it'll be sometime next year, but maybe it'll be 2023 if we get more lockdowns and people have to go back to using these services even more. But, you know, wh- whatever it is, there'll definitely be that, that, that phase where we start to kind of question it and give up on it. And I think that's the time where, you know, as investors, where as, as people that are interested in it, if you're looking to start companies in the space, that's when it gets most interesting to me because when everyone's pulling out and everyone's taking starting to say, "That's eh, not for me, I'm going to go to the next big thing. That's when it gets interesting. And that's when you can really start to lay the groundwork for real success down the road.
1: I absolutely agree with you. And I am excited about the point of time next year, if your prediction is correct. And I think there is a high probability it is. I am excited about the point of time where uh, the hype is slower, the hype is smaller and the real builders remain excited about the possibilities of what the metaverse is going to be. Um, I think it's natural. I think it's natural. And we've seen it every time. We've seen it with the internet. We've seen it with e-commerce. We've seen it with social media. Uh, um, you know, remember, uh, uh, Solomo, social, local, mobile, right? I mean, right. Uh, uh, Web 2.0, um, social media with, with mobile, um, there's, there is there's, there's the occasional uh, hype. I think we're just living in a world and a point of time where the amount of hyped words and terminology has never been greater. I think the year of the word could be any one between metaverse, NFTs, crypto, DeFi. I mean, really anything goes at the moment. And so I think it's important to ultimately go back and focus on the fundamentals uh, which are incredibly exciting, go back and focus on building applications, services, experiences that real people resonate with and love, and ultimately building things that can also end up becoming of great value to humanity and of great financial value to the builders and to the communities and 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 definitely the financialization of the Internet is is exciting and will provide these opportunities. Um, uh, You know, the metaverse will introduce opportunities for us to immerse ourselves in virtual worlds as avatars. Um, And and it's really inspiring. We're in the very, very, very early days of this evolution or next iteration of the Internet. And that is really, really exciting.
0: It's exciting times. And, And so, you know, with that, We'll wrap up for for 2021. We'll see you all in 2022 as we go even deeper into the metaverse.